Okay, welcome to Coffee and Anti-Racism. I'm Rebecca Hemmings, the CEO of Strawberry Words Training Consultancy, and we like to talk about race and racism. So, um, I'm doing this episode um, because once again, black people in particular have been subjected to vicarious racial trauma, which is, um, or, or, or a racial stressor, which is um, extreme stress caused by racism towards one from, from one's own um, socially constructed racial group. And so I'm referring to the recent murder of Tyre Nichols um, in America. And now I'm not gonna go into any detail on that, that's not the purpose of this episode, but what I will say is, um, you know, my, um, my heart truly goes out to his family, his friends, and every single black person that feels heavy as a result of hearing about how this man died at the hands of police black police officers and so many say it's not racist but it is or at least can be and I'll explain afterwards and so today's today's um episode is around taking care of black staff members um particularly when racial incidents happen but just taking care of black staff members emotional well-being in general okay because what I know to be true is that it's often an overlooked factor in the workplace. There is a lack of awareness of how traumatizing and stressful racism is. Um, and, and this is part of the reason behind why people don't stay within an organization, often because they're subjected to microaggressions or if not overt forms of racism. Uh, it's also a reason why some people will not be attracted to certain organisations because they don't see themselves feeling safe, you know, um, because of what they see on social media or how the um, business has presented itself in other ways through its communications. So I've just got a few points here um, to go through. And I've just realised I've left a book over there. So I'm going to go and grab it and okay. come back because I need my book, because I'm going to be sharing some information with you all. So, all right, so the first thing that people can do, and when I say people, I'm talking primarily white people, and, and whilst today the focus is on black staff members, this will, a lot, a lot of this will apply to other ethnic minorities also, but the reason I'm focusing <clears throat> on black staff members is primarily in light of what's recently happened. So. You know, as I say, this incident has been in the news and so a lot of people are really feeling it. I'm seeing a lot of comments online from black people who are like, well, I'm tired. I'm tired. I don't, I don't know what else. Like, how else can we say this to the world? How else can we try and change things? No one's listening. I'm feeling distressed. I don't want to work today. Like, I'm seeing it a lot on my timelines. So... Uh, that's the reason the focus is on black people in particular today. And also, I'm always very mindful of anti-black racism, which is the dehumanisation um, of black 
people um, and that, yeah, is then manifesting this racially discriminatory behavior based on tone of, um, of skin. But that's a whole different conversation. So <clears throat> what I really want people to know, white staff members to know, is that talking about racism can be very stressful and traumatizing, okay? Now, I know people don't know this, I really do, and I know that sometimes when articles are shared with me about the next horrific or the latest horrific incident that's happened to black people, that they're not thinking that it's going to cause me distress because it doesn't cause them distress. They're, yeah, they're outraged, but they're not understanding that visceral pain you feel when you see that, you know, one in four um, black mothers die during childbirth, for instance. That hurts. And if you're not from that racial group, if you're not black, you don't experience that. You're not on the same level. You can have people you know who are black. You can even have family members who are black. But if you haven't had that direct experience, that collective history, that collective trauma, you won't feel the same, the same feelings. And I just want to share with you a quote from Gabor Mate. Gabor Mate, who's a medical doctor, and he's got this book called The Myth of Normal. Trauma, illness and healing in a toxic culture. And I like that he spends a lot of time talking about race in this book. And so he says, even without economic disadvantage, the stresses of racial prejudice mount over time, toxifying the body and undermine its capacity to maintain itself. That allotistic load, that's the wear and tear, just becomes too much. When so-called biomarkers such as blood pressure, stress hormones, blood sugar indicators, inflammatory proteins and lipids were measured, they were significantly higher in blacks than in whites, with black women showing consistently higher scores than black men. In both races, poor people scored higher than their economically advantaged counterparts, but non-poor blacks had a greater probability of high scores than poor whites. So it's so complicated, it's so complex, it's so deep, but I wanna drive home what he's saying there. So racism, it's not just harmful on an emotional level, it doesn't just, you know, um, doesn't just like, it's not like an insult where someone just says something horrible to you and you're like, oh, that's a bit rude or that, you know, that wasn't nice. It, it actually causes illness, okay? You know, he made reference to blood sugar levels. Black people have a higher proportion of diabetes, hypertension. And we know a lot of this, not all, but a lot of this is attributed to racism and also poverty because we can't forget that the majority of ethnic or black people, because I'm focusing on black people today, I have to remind myself, um, live in poverty in the UK and around many, in the US and many other places around the world, okay? So, that's just a small, tiny little bit of insight into what talking about 
racism does because this amounts over time right that general wear and tear these you know hearing about how we're disliked hated discriminated against not seen as normal not don't belong all of that takes its toll so if you've not had that experience it's impossible for you to understand and so just knowing that talking about race and racism sending that you know that tweet about this latest thing you know that can be harmful number two believe people when they bring up racist incidents okay believe people when they bring up racist incidents because you know we've not had this um this feature in society where we're used to talking about race people are scared people white people are scared um of talking about racism for fear of being accused of being racist, for fear of saying the wrong thing, for fear of being seen as a bad person. So what that can lead to is um, people's experiences being denied because nobody, no, a lot of people don't want to have that conversation. They don't want to engage. And I've, you know, I've had it many times where I've worked for an organization, a racist incident has happened. I brought it up and you know it's swept under the carpet you know we, we've dealt with that or you know we spoke with, we've had a word with someone so you never really hear really what happened it's all of a sudden it's just gone away okay and again this can be harmful um dr shelley harrell specialist in racial trauma i love i love 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 her work she writes it's not uncommon for experiences of racism to be questioned or challenged by others such requests for proof can create um, my perception against yours dilemma um, that may include accusations of paranoia, hostility, and you know, we've all heard that, you know, black people are angry or paranoid, uh, oversensitivity, manipulation, self-serving motives, or you know, you're saying this so you can get advantages, or having a chip on one's shoulder, you know, we've all heard that. Thus, the stress and potential damage of racism lies not only in the specific incident, but also in the resistance of others to believing and validating the reality or significance of one's personal experience. Do you hear that? So not only do you experience the racism in the first place, you know, being, you know, targeted because of what you look like or being called a name or being treated really badly compared to others. But you also then have to contend with people not believing you or people say, you know, saying, you know, you're making excuses or you're over sensitive or, you know, complete invalidation of an experience that also compounds and adds to the stress that black people are facing. And I just really need to drive, drive that home because as much as it's unfortunately a normal part of life for black people in the workplace, it's never comfortable. It never becomes okay. You never just get used to it. It always bothers you. And this is what we talk about with the general wear and tear. Wearing is what it, it's called. And we get older quicker. Uh, our um, our cells get older quicker. We're more susceptible to disease. 
Oh, oh, I just need to drive this home today. So number three, take complaints about racism seriously. Okay. So there's, there's so it's, I mean, two and three are kind of, you know, they, they're very similar, but I just need to, again, just make this clear. So I just believe people when they bring up racism, when they bring up racist incidents, but also take complaints about racism seriously. Okay, because there is that tendency to want to brush the issue under the carpet. Okay, so in training, we talk about the four D's, the four D's. These are the reactions that most white people will have when talking about racism again, because we're just not used to talking about it. Right. So, you know, often when um, a, a black person or a ethnic minority person brings up an incident of racism, a complaint about racism, they're met with either defense you know, oh, no, 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 so-and-so doesn't have a racist bone in their body. Or um, denial. Oh, no, you know, we have an anti-racist policy, you know. That wouldn't happen here. Or um, maybe someone's discredited. Oh, wow, she's just not good at her job. Or she's just paranoid. Or it's downplayed or justified. Oh, yeah, maybe John was having a bad day. All these serve to centre the feelings of the white person and dismiss and invalidate the feelings of the black person. So we have to always think about when these things happen, if you get that defensive response, question it before you do anything, question it. If you've got that immediate need to defend who's being accused, including yourself, question it, sit with it. Why am I having this response? It's an emotional trigger listen to it it's not your enemy it's your friend it's there to tell you something okay maybe i feel uncomfortable talking about race maybe there's truth to what selena's saying and i don't know what to do with that this is hard and i don't know what to do you know all these answers will start to come to you. Could it be that, ah, I have been treating Rachel in a way less than what she deserves. And I know that feels horrible to hear from yourself, but you're just having a conversation with yourself. But what that will do is make you aware and hopefully it will make you listen and take someone's complaints seriously when they do mention a racist incident because far too often when we're working with organizations you know we're the ones that hear from black employees you know the amount of times they've made complaints and nobody's listened or it's been dismissed or they left the workplace because they just weren't hearing me it's far too common okay number four it's a big one, but I'm going to try and keep, I'm keeping it simple. Black people can be racist too. Oh, I know that doesn't sound nice. And this is what's important in this conversation. None of us are perfect. When we do this work, we're not saying you're the good people and you're the bad people. We're all human. Therefore, we're all fallible. We all make mistakes. We're all in this 
system, this structure that perpetuates racism towards ethnic minorities. So it's very difficult to avoid that. And that includes some black people. Some black people, generally in society, we have been taught to see white as um, the norm, as the ideal. And, you know, that can't exist in a vacuum. So then you have to have its polar opposites. Uh, sorry, so the, the polar opposites to white being ideal, being good, being normal is black, being bad, being um, abnormal, and yeah, the total opposite. So if you, if you have that, you people internalize that. And so this is why we get things like assimilation, wanting to be like a white person, you know? Um, I mean, you, I've got blonde hair today, people will say, and maybe it's the case that internally I wanna be white. I don't think so, but that could be the case. I'm being honest, we all have unconscious bias, right? You can't see me, I've got blonde hair extensions in. They're braids, but they're blonde, okay? So black people can be racist too. Now, now, there's a lot of arguments against it, uh, about, um, there's a lot of arguments for this and against it. And I just want to put it into context. In systemic racism, knowing that black people are on the receiving end of systemic racism, you know, it's woven into the fabric of society. We can't be racist on a systemic level because we just don't have the power. You know, we can't be racist against large groups of white people in education, healthcare, politically and so forth. We can't, so we can't influence those systems and institutions because we just are not in charge of those. But on an individual level, yeah, it can happen. Does it happen as common, is it as common as racism, racism towards black and other ethnic minority people? No, but it can happen. And also it can happen to one, towards one's own because of internalized racism. So internalized racism is basically, you know, looking at your own and saying, well, actually I believe all those things that are said about us. Well, I, I'm obviously the exception to the rule. You know, we are this, we are that and so on. And then perpetuating or exposing other black people to discrimination because of what they represent, you know? Um, so I'm just gonna give you an example of this. Um, this was shared with me from a black woman. And she said, in a team meeting, uh, I had a black team manager say, make sure you put on the flash in response to, to me having my picture taken for the company website for becoming a top performing advisor. So imagine that, she's got this accolade, she's a top performing advisor, she's having a photo taken to get on the website or in the company magazine or whatever it might be, and the black manager has said to her, make sure you put on the flash. It was most probably said as a joke, but just because it was a joke doesn't mean it's not offensive, okay? What he's essentially saying is that, well, if you don't put the flash on, you're going to be too black and we won't see you. That's not cool. That's not okay. And what I found is that because there's a lack of knowledge around, or even a hesitancy to talk about this because it's taboo, that some 
black people will get or ethnic minorities because it can happen between ethnicities as well so you can have an asian person being racist towards a black person and vice versa um just as an example because it happens between those groups some people think that's okay or just think oh that, that's for them to deal with let's leave it alone that's not okay it's still offensive okay racial racist jokes by anyone are not acceptable so I'm going to move on to the last one, which is understand that as a white person, you cannot relate to the trauma of black people. So it kind of goes back to the first one, really. OK, so um, the first one was talking about racist, stressful and traumatizing. But linked to that, you cannot relate to their trauma. You don't have that collective history, that collective pain. You don't have the experience of being stereotyped with the same stereotypes over and over again. You know, black people are aggressive, they're childlike, they're lazy, they're not intelligent, all these things. As, as a black person, you're very aware of and you're constantly trying to counteract. You know, the amount of times I have to prove to people that I do know what I'm talking about. I, I am an intelligent person. You don't have to say that slowly because I do understand. You don't have to repeat yourself. I heard you the first time. All these microaggressions they happen very regularly so you won't have that experience so there is no comparison yes there might be similarities that as a woman you've experienced discrimination um or as a white woman should i say as a as a white gay person again you'll have experienced discrimination but you won't have had the same experience as a black person uh, just as i won't have had the same experience as somebody who is black and gay or somebody who's black and muslim you know there are all these different intersections but what we will have in common is that that discrimination we've faced as black people, as a white person, you cannot relate to that. And I have to say that because quite often in training sessions, people will say, well, I can relate to it because of da, 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 da. And that's valid and it's important, but that's not what the conversation is about now. And it's in a way, what it does is dismisses the experience of that black person by trying to put yourself on a par with that black person, you can't possibly relate because you haven't had that collective experience of group trauma related to racism. Oh, so that wasn't, this podcast hasn't been easy. I must say of all the ones I've done so far, this has probably been the heaviest, but this is why we have these conversations because I think it's important to, to get this stuff out there, be honest about it, just be very real. Um, you know, the, if, I know there's always a desire to there's always a desire to learn more uh, to want to know more to arm yourself with information and and that's important that's one of the ways you work to be becoming anti-racist so what you can do is take our time to talk about race online CPD accredited course where we go through unconscious biases we go through terminology um, that is acceptable unacceptable question you know ones you should question and so on we look at microaggressions we also have our understanding microaggressions training that goes into a lot more detail in and into anti-blackness again what microaggressions are but what this particular course has also is dealing with difficult conversations how do you manage difficult conversations around race and we go through different frameworks so that's all available uh, via the website strawberrywords.co.uk so check it out Okay, and, and also we've got coming up, I'm really excited about this, but I'm just going to mention it, it's not out yet, but our Crafting Cultural um, 
sorry, Crafting Compassionate Cultures online hub, which will have both our courses as well as a wealth of resources around uh, racism, anti-racism, discrimination in general, as well as live sessions and obviously a community of like-minded people. But yeah, we'll talk to you about, about that um, in future. But I just really want you to, to just take one message from today's video or podcast, wherever you're consuming this, and 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 just go with that. So I'm just going to quickly go over because I don't want you to lose these lessons. So again, talking about race and racism is stressful and traumatizing. Please believe people when they bring up racist incidents, talk, take, sorry, complaints about racism seriously. Remember that at times black people can be racist too, just keeping it real. And understand that as a white person, you cannot relate to the trauma of black people. So that's where I'm going to leave it. Um, please do let me know your feedback. Um, like, as I always say, you know, if it's constructive, uh, <laughs> positively constructive, then yeah, feel free to leave it um, as an open comment. If it's rude or if it's offensive, then it will just be ignored because I also have to take care of my mental well-being. All right. Until next time. Bye-bye.